0: stupid hearts club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts but if you've fallen deeply in love with the show or me even though that's a bit weird because we've never met then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend Without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life I leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere. Either way, I'm very happy you're here, so please enjoy the show. One, two, three, three.
1: Listen in. It's good to be together. Stupid has love forever. Oh. Let's look inside our minds. Oh. You never know what we.
0: Welcome to Stupid Hearts Club, episode 46. And this week, I am going to do a solo podcast. Um, Partly because, with with us uh, having just uh, only been going wild for a few weeks, and a few people will be new to it and may only be listening to recent ones rather than going back to the beginning maybe they should have the opportunity to hear what that sounds like. Another thing is, um, I just haven't said hello on my own for a bit to to you guys. And a third part of it is that uh, I've always said, uh, I like the idea of doing solos, but only when I feel like I've got something to say. And in the last couple of weeks, I think I've... Um, come to a a couple of decisions and had a a few little moments. And it's six months since I, uh, six months ago now I was at the, maybe still at the beginning part of a very intense mental health episode that uh, could now safely be described definitely as uh, some form of what we would formerly used to call a breakdown. Uh, in fact, six months ago, I was attempting to come home from a, a holiday that I went on hoping and that just a week in the sun would make me feel better. But while I was away, I really struggled. There was a few days that were great because I actually, well, I'll tell the story properly in a minute. But anyway, I, was, I attempted to go on holiday for a week to Mallorca. And f- it was it was from being there and in surroundings where you know what you usually feel like on holiday that I could truly feel how far off from reality and normality my brain was uh, feeling at that point. Uh, and the the, uh, the I've put a photo with with uh, for the Patreon anyway. I've put a, there's a photo kind of like when you click on the episode to play it. Uh, They'll usually be like a cover photo and that ph- the photograph I've used is one of me It's a selfie. I took in the airport um Palmer Airport Where I had gone to the airport to get on my flight home after after spending the week feeling very odd and remote and just not feeling like I was really there at all and I got to the airport and had some confusion with the passport or the the, uh, the people that let you through to go and have your baggage searched and all that, because my flight had actually gone 12 hours earlier and I'd done the old classic, you know, AM, PM mix-up, but with without a shadow of a doubt, I now, that wouldn't happen, it was like 10, it said 10 o'clock ...on my printout, my boarding card. And instead of just completely making sure... ...that it was 10 o'clock in the morning... ...I let my brain talk me out of checking. And I just spent several hours lazing around the hotel... ...with my head on my rucksack... ...while my flight merrily... ...cracked onto Luton. Um... It, booking that holiday had been... Uh, a strange enough experience because I was booking, waiting for things to refresh, thinking it wasn't refreshing on the website, booked it again, realising I was booking it twice, got there, hated it, had gone to a really dodgy place where there was nothing happening. Sora had a friend somewhere else in Mallorca, went fuck it followed them, so effectively cancelled one holiday and went on another holiday within two days and managed to put a brave face on it when I was with my mate. And, and uh, his work friend, we had a couple of nice nights having food and stuff, but I was basically still, or just starting to, be f- in such a, a mental state where I've, I felt almost frightened to leave my room and was kind of like almost in a state where at various points of the day I was like hanging on to things and not feeling right at all. And I would emerge from my um, hotel room or from sort of sitting under a shade on the beach, just G myself up to make it uh, you know, to sit down and go right, may just have a beer and order some tapas and whatever. So I could've have, might have looked like I was sort of just normal, just chilling out. But actually I was having to hugely ramp myself up even to go in right you know, move from the spot you're at and go somewhere else, and then you can get back to your room and you'll be safe again. Six months on, saying that out loud. I mean, I talked about it earlier, uh, around about August. You'll find a couple of episodes, one with Jason Hazley, probably one with Miles Chapman, where we checked in on how bonkers that was. But uh, I just thought, as we're coming up to holiday season, and because it's been six months and just because I haven't done it for a while and I know that it's an important and valuable element of Stupid Hearts Club has become the honesty around mental health, I thought yeah let's let's uh, let's review that and the re- and actually the reason I really really want to review it is as w- what we'll get to is and I hope this is encouraging for anyone having a tough time is that I honestly cannot tell you how much better my mental state is right now and I'm going to sort of talk through that a little bit because I believe that certain things I started doing while I still felt like shit have snowballed and paid dividends that I'm now starting to uh, you know I'm now starting to benefit even more from decisions I made to try and get better okay so that's good isn't it feeling better that's good but I don't want to I am going to be talking about my experience and therefore myself which is uh, a trait of mine that I've been biting my nails about lately for various reasons but I know that in this space it's kind of okay to do that especially because my intention is to just give an example of one person's um, experience of something so that you can hear what it sounds like when someone is happy to talk about it okay so let's go back to let's go back to pre Mallorca, and as I've said in another podcast rather amusingly after lots and lots of stressful things to do with relationships situations, stresses money Geography, where I am Loneliness Like all sorts of shit So Transfer that to anything That all of you may have Going on where you got a bunch of things Just the idea that There can be not much room for anything else To drag you down And then that can get you, right uh, I will also say For anyone who doesn't know I switched meds in an attempt to try and head off some sleep problems, stress and sleep problems, and that medication was the number one. I'd say it's 50% of the pie of why I went seriously downhill. I think I was probably already quite far down the hill, and I probably would have ended up further down the hill, but without the wrong, the medication that didn't suit me, I might have just been pretty down for a bit, but I I became quite bonkers for a few months and that was definitely driven by the wrong meds. I'm going to name the meds. This isn't me judging that medicine, even though I personally wouldn't go near it again. I had a I had a bad time on metazapine, right? So I was already sort of aware that I didn't like the feel of this stuff and I was trying to get advice around whether or not it was for me or whether I should reduce the dose or whatever. Somewhere at the uh, end of April, I reduced the dose of that medicine. Well, a doctor reduced the dose by fifty percent. Three days later, I was an absolute uncontrollable emotional wreck, and I then sort of stayed in a catatonic or emotional wreck state while I while I tried to come off that medicine. And get back on to my previous medicine, which was citalopram. That process, I was told it would take time. didn't realise how dramatic it was going to be. It was like four months of hellish nonsense. So sort of at the beginning of that, I'm on the stuff that I don't like. I know that I shouldn't be feeling like a zombie and weird and detached. And like I'm not really in my body and I'm not driving the bus but I thought, well, you know, look, you're, this happens, you're, you're overtired, you've, you've been through a lot lately, you're probably down, maybe you should just go and lie next to a pool somewhere. And I decided to book a holiday. I went to Mallorca. I booked an all-inclusive, cheap as chips, looked okay on the photos, um, little holiday. And I booked it, sat at my mum's house and I'd gone up to my mum's. My mum was kind of looking after me for a few days. And bless her, she sort of looked a bit sceptical. And the fact was I was struggling to even book it and fill in my details and all that. It's like It was probably cl- pretty clear that I wasn't even really in, in a mode where it was going to be that straightforward packing a bag, getting to the airport, but I thought I could probably do it and if I did it, when I got there, just lying around on next to a swimming pool, reading a couple of novels, having a beer at the end of the day, having a bit of something to eat, and then going to bed early, would sort me out. Instead, when I arrived at this place, firstly, it wasn't the environment that I thought it was going to be. It was... Really like I'm not knocking it, it was a cheap as chips, all inclusive. But all the food was rubbish in this really awful buffet and the and the drinks were in paper cups and no one not that I really was gonna speak to anyone, but it was it was very sort of German and Belgian. So there was lots of loud music and like announcements being made like Heidi high. Like you know poolside entertainment and quite cheesy stuff and like loud fucking music and oh, I was like oh what the fuck why am I here like being on a Flemish Club 1830 but for 40 to 60 year olds I uh, did not know what I was doing there within 24 hours it was like okay this hasn't fixed the problem and you're still feeling really weird so I try I thought just get over it relax you know, when you're lying on a, on a sunbed and it's kind of warm and you have got your book and, you know, a slightly flat Coke out of a machine in a paper cup is still a drink and you're still on holiday, like, just chill out, fucking get over it. But I couldn't have it and then the fucking music would kick again, kick in again, you know, well, not that it was venga bus, but it might as well have been. It's fucking, fucking. Da-da. Hey, everybody, it's buffet time. Everybody
1: get queuing up. It's time for the disco buffet. It was like, oh, fuck. I,
0: I was so confused at that point. And it was very, it was quite a clean, decent hotel, but it was sort of like. Really big and impersonal in that way that feels like you're in a huge fridge, and the sort of it's making like a noise, like a Death Star fridge hum. So I just fucking didn't. The and I went tried to go for a walk around the hotel, and there were no other things. For miles, there was like one little bit with a couple of bars, but it was like proper forgotten part of the coast. I was just like oh shit there isn't anywhere nice to go for a walk and to watch the world go by what have I done and then I saw that my mate was down the coast on a sh- on a wrecky to shoot some stuff because he works in advertising as does lots of um very jammy photographic shoots for a for a, a famous holiday brand and they were would, they would going around checking out cool places to take photos of for ads. Anyway, I thought, they know what they're doing. Why don't I come and stay where you are? So I fucking... I don't think I admitted this bit before. I pretended I'd had some terrible news, and I went to reception and I cried <laughs> out loud to the person behind the desk, because I was hoping they'd go, Oh, my, what can we do? Can we give you some money back? so that i could go and have this other holiday that didn't work but i did it anyway but i was it was the one bit it was the one thing that happened during that time that felt like funny and kind of like a stupid idea but it was making me laugh so at least i could laugh at myself so anyway i took it i took it up the arse and fucking paid for this other hotel and then i had to try and get there and pack and Get up back on a bus and find my way. I speak a bit of Spanish, so I'm never going to get lost in Spain, but I was feeling mental, so understanding bus routes and maps and stuff was just fucking a lot harder than it should be. Anyway, I made it back to um, Playa de Palma, which is quite smart, kind of nicely put together, sort of beat pretty standard but nice beachy bit of, of, of Mallorca. Again, very German, but like more holiday vibesy. So I was kind of happy to get there, especially that a very good friend of mine and his workmate were there, and they were great fun to hang out with. And we went out and had food. A lot of it, I will admit, on the account of the aforementioned holiday brand. And so that was a good test, because it was like I was feeling so miserable and shit at the other place, But now I was somewhere nicer. I was with a couple of people that were brilliant and that I could have a nice time with and sort of made the best of it. And I did enjoy hanging out with those guys, but I also was massively having to put, like I was masking, if you like, I had to put a massive brave face on just the idea of uh, not being in in my room because I was, everything just felt overwhelming and mad. Now, before I went on that holiday, one week before... And I'm sorry to those who are hearing this story for the fucking fifth time. But it's for, it's for new people as well who have come along and may not have listened to the podcast before. I had an incident in my... I live in a little tiny cottage and there's a plot twist coming with the tiny cottage. It's a very cute little cottage that I bought two and a half years ago and it's in a very small village somewhere in the Hertfordshire or bedfordshire area and there is very very little to do around here very beautiful and scenic but it's very isolated and it's been again it's a it's a slice of the pie of why i went downhill is is just not having any human beings in my sort of weekly or daily life for a very long time during pandemic and afterwards and it was all getting a bit much so Uh, I've lived in this house. Starting to feel down. A bunch of things happen. This medication's not helped. Medication's making me feel terrible. I fuck up my birthday by having a sort of medication wig out. I'm crying my eyes out. No birthday. That doesn't happen. And I'm feeling pretty sorry for myself. And then I discover the night after my birthday that a mouse has got in and I'm finding dozens of mouse shits all over a very small property headboard next to the drink on um, next to my bed all over the kitchen sinks in the cutlery drawer in in the clothes drawers like it was like the bit in a horror movie where the music goes all wobbly and the, the discovery of what's gone wrong hits that person just how wrong it's gone now the fact is that problem got solved fairly easily but at, in that moment it was absolutely the straw that broke the camel's back and I was f- almost instantly just a completely my brain just completely shut down and I went through well I, I went through months of feeling weird but there was that specific the reaction to that to that buffet of of um, of mouse droppings all over my flat and everything else that hadn't been I just didn't have the energy or the brain capacity the bandwidth to cope with this like fucking hell what what now so I think it was a reasonable thing for me to think is like if I can get away from this situation for a week I will get enough distance from it to know that all of these things that have gone wrong are temporary. You'll get a bit of sun, and then you'll come back brown with renewed energy, and you'll tackle the little bits of maintenance that need to be done, and you will start figuring out your plan of how you can change a few things, and you can whatever, right? But instead, what happened was I went on holiday, felt actually increasingly mental through the holiday and then missed my flight to get home didn't understand how I I'd fucked that up and then got home and was still a paranoid wreck for a few days at least about um, whether or not there was still mice here I just could not get my brain to stop almost like OCD fixating On whether I just heard a little noise in the night and whatever Still fucking feeling bonkers And what I didn't realise at the time But I know now is that Because I was now trying to taper off A drug that my brain was not having a good time on at all I had another possibly Nine to twelve weeks After that to go To cope with before I was gonna start feeling normal. And during that time, I completely lost my appetite, my ability to think, be creative, respond to messages other than the people who were just like checking in on me. I was, I keep calling it hugging the sofa. I was literally like trying to get up and do stuff and I couldn't, so I'd come back and I'd just lie on the sofa and face the back of the sofa like I couldn't even wanna look at the room and kind of curl up in a bit of a ball and just be a complete wreck. Couldn't go for walks. And then that fucking heat wave came. I was just trapped in this little place. And it was like fucking Papillon. Very, very, very odd experience to go through. And some of the things that were happening that were terrifying... Now, to look back on, is... How very, very real it felt like that this is it now. This is the thing I'm trying to get to is to stop making this not about me. This is who I am now. This is what I feel like because I've made decisions that have led me here. I am now this guy. I'm going to feel like this forever or for ages. Or I'm going to feel like this for a long enough period that it will be too far to come back from in various ways, either from just confidence, inability to be a functioning person that can work, earn a living, and all of the shame and worry around that. Like I actually just envisaged myself being someone that is now, you know, forever going to just be having to go to the. DSS to get help filling forms in in my slippers you know what I mean and I'm not knocking anyone who uh who who that you know who has a life where that has become the case temporarily or otherwise because I actually did end up going for a while to the job center I had to get a little bit of help because thing I didn't work for a long time well not a long time but quite a while most most of this year has been not not really normal working year but yeah you know i needed a bit of help i needed i needed to go and do that but the worry was that it's like the guy that i should be or that i was or have been appears now to have just deteriorated and you know we've seen enough stories that can happen that can happen to a person people can have like careers and whole lives that are completely in contrast to where we might then see them or, you know, you can have people that are down on their luck and that have problems, mental problems, addiction problems. Life can spiral completely out of control and all I can say is it was very easy for me to believe that my life had spiralled out of control and that although there was plenty of sensible people reassuring me that this will pass and you will get back on track and all the rest of it, I was agreeing with them because I knew it was the right thing to do, and to try to do that was the right thing to do. But I didn't really feel like I could feel that that was going to be true yet, because I still felt bonkers and my confidence was smashed and my energy was low and all of that. Now... In one one, I'm not going to get into how disappointing the uh, the current the at that point the current available NHS help was. There's no point. It's it's a it's a sad state of affairs with mental health and the NHS. Could have an whole whole episode talking about that. But the fact is there was there was people in that in that uh, if you like chain who were trying their best to sort of, like, help me in whatever way had been made available. And the reason I mention it in a way that I don't just want to give it all a kicking. Two things, actually. One, I went to A&E when I was suitably worried that I was having uh, quite regular bleak slash suicidal um, dialogue in my head. Not, Not to carry it out, but like a tap on the shoulder saying oh shit that's strange because that still feels like that's maybe an option so that is really rough to go through that and if that happens to anyone listening to this you you tell someone you really trust and you phone your GP or you dial 111 option 2 NHS helpline or Samaritans and you basically don't, don't let it go unacknowledged if that keeps coming for you because the act of of going, yeah, that's happening in my head. I should not accept that. That is you starting to have your own back. And this is going to be the thing that I'm saying becomes super important. And I was also, I was already saying this a few months ago when I just first turned the podcast back on. Because this podcast was frozen for three months. I didn't do a podcast for three months because I literally wasn't able to. And then when I turned it on, I did a few episodes talking about this stuff, but now I want to do like six months since then and I promise you that everything that I was, if you like, scrapping to try and do to help the situation improve has turned out to be useful, helpful, has helped me get better, but also just this amount of time passing has helped me get better, so one of the one of where I was saying that one of the uh people that helped me I got sent to a a preliminary chat with a psychiatrists I don't know what you'd call it not an assistant but someone who was like checking me out to see whether I needed proper psychiatric in, uh, intervention managed to sort of not that I was trying to but managed to say enough things to that person that they were like looks like you might be on the way to being okay and I was sort of told just to be patient and that a few more weeks changing from one medication to the other we would be able to tell better when those 6 weeks were up and this was like 2 weeks into it so i had another month of shit to go through but it it turned out to be true because as it got through that those weeks and i and i'm going to put a photo up in Patreon, Uh, I did a diary of uh, symptoms because it was so confusing trying to um, determine what these symptoms were and separate them from each other, I thought it was a good idea to separate them in a chart and then tick or cross what was happening, what had happened that day so I could understand, I could explain to people what was happening. And the best thing about making that decision, which wasn't easy to do either, it's a bit sort of fiddly in it. But over four weeks it was a very clear pattern that various symptoms were dropping off week by week. And after week four of that diary, which was effectively just on time of what the doctor said, like six weeks, and you'll start to feel better. Uh, that that happened. And the other thing that had happened during that time is that I'd gone from Literally, not being able to even think about being hungry or eating food to get my appetite back and building that up again. That coincided with me making a real effort to eat lots of healthy stuff. And although that sounds obvious, after a long period of it's like you're allowed when you feel like shit to just go, look, you haven't, you're not capable. It's going to have to be pot noodles, fucking crisps. Um, like I was, my, my online shop for those weeks or or like when, when I asked a friend to bring me food around it was like it had to be like idiot proof food that I wouldn't have to think about and I could just go literally put that in my gob like already cooked chicken and stuff like that because I wasn't capable of chopping food and sort of looking, you know, after a meal like timing a meal or, like, you know, fucking washing up or anything. Yeah, very odd to think about that now. But it did start to come back. When it did come back, it was like, right, fucking go for it. Like, eat fucking salad. Eat, buy every healthy thing you can think of. Don't booze. Drink water. All that. So, sounds obvious, but what I'm saying is after six months, getting into those habits... As a, as a recovery technique, or what, for want of a better word, has proved itself to be very, very valuable. And I'm kind of going a little bit easier. out. I, I had Chinese curry chips and rice the other night and a can of Coke. But a meal like that now, that's like one a month rather than two or three a week. So I started doing that... I. Apart from the the rain and the weather, my my 10,000 steps a day count is a bit patchy, good this week. but again, making it making it uh, essential that you try and get out and get your body moving and you know any form of cardio really and you know stretching's good too. but as long as I get the walking done and I eat the healthy food, and I've, that's two nil. That's two things I've done to look after me. And that was the thing, right? Because at the end of this sort of dodgy period, I started reading about compassion and self-compassion and mindfulness. I've not been doing much mindfulness lately, but during the very, very intense time, meditation apps and mindfulness audio, like 25-minute or 15-minute, sessions being talked back down from the bad place by a soothing voice of someone taking you through soothing sort of meditation techniques it didn't make me better but it 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 got me down from an emergency level again and again and again for weeks on end until I until I just wasn't in in that bad a state anymore so if you are in a really dodgy time if the anxiety is very high, if the panic is coming for you, all that stuff, or you're feeling really negative about yourself, start in eat what eat as healthily as you can. Get yourself outside. Do what you can. And listen to some soothing stuff. Start introducing that, and make part of it like the voice of you being kind to yourself. And saying, well done, you you managed to go for a little 10-minute walk. Well done, you ate some tomatoes. Well done, you know, like you got out of bed an hour earlier today. Well done, let's see if we can do that tomorrow. And then not being hard on yourself if you can't do it. But then the next time you do do it, going, no, oh, you did it again. That's three times now this week. That's slightly better than last week, isn't it? So there is a bit of progress. Just trust yourself. like Literally talking to yourself like a kid that you want to feel safe. Reparenting Self-compassion Incredibly important Now I'm not like Every single day having to talk to myself Like that at the moment But I realise now Because probably for the last two months Or at least a month I've been just in a good enough mood That I'm not really even thinking about How ill I was I'm now just being glad I'm in a good mood But Now and again I stop And I have a little moment where I think fuck this is so far from what that was and that's not even very long ago and that kind of almost shocks me a bit it's like to realize how vulnerable your brain can be and how far from perce- your how p- far out your perception can be from something that is healthy for you to be thinking about your situation about yourself about the future about what's going to happen literally was believing that i was fucked i was finished creativity was gone ability to earn money was gone i was a failed man a loser you know like it you know the good times have gone like just gracefully accept that you're you're not that guy now you're you know your job center slippers man and you will probably slowly slip into being just a sort of skinny bloke in a pub, in a in a baggy fleece, kind of sat over a pint with people saying he used to do this and he used to do that, and it felt absolutely real that that could be the case. Now, I don't know why. Um, I don't know where the spark bit comes from. I don't know where that comes from. You can only create the the conditions to slowly build up to feeling good again but the spark that I thought didn't exist anymore is fucking back and now I believe even though I'm still trying to figure out how to fucking survive doing what I do for a living and I'm not I'm not in the best shape in terms of how much work's on and how much money I've got I'm back in touch with my confidence in me being able to sort that out via what I'm able to do and who I'm able to get on with and you know, just the existence of good luck 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 luck, um being something that's back on the table instead of just well, everything's foot, there's no point, blah blah blah. My attitude I'm I'm in one hundred and eighty degrees facing in the other direction. Completely the other direction. And yet there's no it's not like I'm in a a much better or worse predicament than I was saying anywhere between actually the beginning of this year and when I was ill because there hasn't there's been a fairly thin amount of work plus I wasn't able to do it anyway so I'm still trying to figure things out but now I'm like yeah well fucking I'll figure them out then won't I because I've got a brain that's fucking good and um I can't tell you how good it feels to be able to say that. But I don't want to gloat. The reason I want to say that is so that anyone listening whose brain currently isn't allowing them to feel that, I'm here to say you are, you are stood at a, a, a desolate emotional bus stop and you've got to believe that the bus service is still running because it fucking is. I promise you the bus service is still running and all you can do is create the conditions that mean you can survive being at that bus stop now I'm not going to push that analogy of make sure you've got healthy food with you in your bag at the bus stop. Make sure you've got lots of friends at the bus stop. But the bus stop analogy doesn't stretch that far, does it? But what what I did do, and the the, the psychiatrist lady said to me, you've doing well. You managed to get to this, this um, appointment. You're saying that you've got your appetite. You're saying things out loud that you know would be good to try and do like please even if you've got to force yourself try and do some exercise all that she's been a bit specific but then she said all I want you to do because you've been stuck I've been stuck in a very horrible unhealthy cycle of being stuck in the little house I want you to try and do what you've not already been doing try and do like I haven't done this for a while but I'm going to try try like getting on the train and going, going to where some of my mates live. Try, uh, going to a different place for a walk. Try going to a cafe you've not been to. Try ringing a pal you've not seen for a bit, seeing if they're up for coming to get you or visit them. And eventually, I was, you know, was able to go and stay, for example, with my my lovely friend Jason, visit his family, stay a couple of nights there, and start to have conversations with people again. And then after that. I made it my business that every week I would you know start the week already knowing that if it was Monday at the very early at the very latest the next day Tuesday I was going to be going somewhere else away from this house because as I've discovered in the intervening weeks and months to be honest even now if I let myself get hunkered down again in this little place I will be allowing in some negativity and some fucking like cabin fever shit that'll come for me again within about three or four days Uh, so I get myself into town I go to Soho, I go to King's Cross I walk I get the 10,000 steps in I might only get a bit of stuff done on my laptop in a cafe but When I get home that night, it's totally different going to bed than it is if I've festered all day. So, as you gently repair yourself and you're kind to yourself and you're eating well and you're getting some fresh air and all that, you've got to promise yourself and promise me, if you like, promise me that you will make yourself go a little bit at a time out of your comfort zone and do stuff that sort of surprises your brain because what you're actually doing is you're reminding your brain oh yeah there's that and you forget about everything just by getting on the tube in london or going to the cinema or yeah you know thinking of, oh you know I'm not had a korean bowl of char Su pork for a bit and then doing that oh yeah little pleasures and your brain starts remembering that that stuff is even in the universe and after a while this is the thing because you have gone right at least three four days a week there'll be something going on that means there's something other than navel gazing and misery well once you've done that as 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 i report to you now once you have done that for like five months four months your brain now is like, yeah, I know, because it's like this is what we do now, right? So that's normal again. So it's it's my brain has accepted that that version of the world from before depression, which was there all along anyway, but my brain has now accepted that it's there. It now is not running the harsh commentary that everything's fucked and there's no point and it's all gone and like it was all there all along, you know. And it was okay that I needed to give myself time to be away from it and to acknowledge this other thing that needed dealing with. But it is really, really good to be able to sit here and say, I believe that there is fun to be had. And then once that comes back, and it's only really been back a couple of weeks, then you start going, what could I do? Where could I go? And for that reason and because like, I still, I, f- I have to fight the loneliness and the isolation of living where I live so I'm addressing it and now after a few wonky bits of admin that weren't making it particularly easy to pull off I am now, I've made the decision that I am moving to Brighton or Hove in the new year I'm going down this week to meet my mate we're going to share a flat for a bit as a opening, you know, just as a, as a, a palate cleanser to, to move into a whole new area. And after being on my own so much, I'm going to go and stay with, with a, 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 you know, rent, rent with a pal. And I'm really excited because I've got loads of mates down there. There's loads going on down there. I believe that my creative spark, which has started to come back, is now double excited because it's got... It's got people to think about and I can project what, you know, nights out and doing more music and turning myself into a cheesy fucking coastal singer with one eye on the cruise ships and all of that. Suddenly, that's like actually real stuff that I'm planning, I'm trying to do. So uh, I can't tell you again how good that fucking feels. And again, I realise I'm just talking about my own situation here. I promise you, the val- I'm trying to say this stuff because I don't want anyone to think whatever they think they can or can't do or what is happening and what won't happen ever again and all that. I'm just here to tell you that all the negative voices are illusions, right? And all the positive voices, even though they come from the same place and you could go, well, maybe that's an illusion. Like Any projection is an illusion it's not an illusion if it's positive if it's positive you should fucking listen to that and have a go that that's encouragement that is that is compassion it's worth listening to to compassion even when it comes from your own head and and whether or not you are doing that on purpose and like coaxing yourself through it or whether it's just like a little moment of allowing yourself a kind of a good ego moment of going yeah you can do that don't fucking dismiss that ever fucking do it so that's what i wanted to say about the difference between where i was at then another nice thing to mark various moments where i thought god i feel like there's a bit of a change in i'm trying to figure it out I highly recommend, and I don't do this as a habit every day, but journaling. So I'm holding a pad in front of me now, and there's been various times in the last few weeks when I've, when I was making the decision, maybe I can do it now. Maybe I can go to Brighton. So I just hash it out on the page, sometimes on a, on the computer. So I seem to, I seem to do it in caps lock for some reason, like an, a, an internet warrior or a mum. But I also sometimes do it just like take the pad, don't take the phone, go to a cafe just with a pad and a pen and sit there and go, where are we? What what what, um, what calling are we feeling right now? Is there a thing happening here? And I usually hash it out and I think, yeah, okay. And it's that that allows me to sort of make decisions and sort of change directions. So you might want to try that now and again. Some, a lot of people do swear by regular almost like nightly journaling just to chart their emotions but I'm not um, I'm not focused enough to do that. The other thing I would say is that when you are maybe you have started to think right I am feeling a bit better and I want to like give myself a couple of little tasks to achieve to get me to, like, the end of this year, say, right? Why why don't I try and, you know, write a thing, an article? Why don't I try and... I've not recorded any music for ages. Why don't I try and record one song by the end of the year and then share it with my mates? Why don't I, you know... Why don't I learn a new recipe and then have a couple of friends around and say, come round for dinner, I'm going to make that thing just a small thing that shows you that you can plan something that you want to do and then do it and then feel glad you've done it. Highly recommend that. I've done a few bits of music lately and, I, and I've and i done a few bits of silly comedy video-y things that have, you know, just fucking lightened the mood by going and doing something where get get your brain into that space of being able to be free and create and play and just sort of express yourself. Do you know what I mean? One of the first um, things that was of that nature that I did, and I promise you this week, I say that, I promise, Mona Yousefi has just tried to ring me. If she's trying to put off me putting that bit of funny content we've recorded, our bloody killer. We've got a really funny 35-minute podcast with her character Talak Husravian, Husravian, and I can't wait for you to hear it, it's really fun, and that's, that's all, that's going on Patreon only for the, uh, for the Patreons, that was the first thing I did when, as I was starting to recover that was like have fun, laugh again and since then I've constantly been doing something every week that is for the love of it, so I highly recommend that for anyone. Whether or not you're recovering from a really bad time or you're just trying to stave off the blues and the worries about the winter that we're in, in this weird thing post-pandemic, middle of a strange remote war that we're all sort of embroiled in um, as countries in this weird climate uh, at the same time as an economic climate, dodgy government stuff. You know, just it's been a fucking hard time. And a lot of us will be worried about money. Try and find some way of doing something that you enjoy. It's got nothing to do with money. It could be doodling. It could be fucking designing a new tattoo. Making your mind up that you're going to walk five different walks that you like and then get them all done. Like, whatever. Just look after yourselves. And know this. I am very, 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 very grateful to every single person who listens to this podcast. Especially seen as a lot of the ones where it's like, until now, the sort of handful of guests that I've had are brilliant. But I like, I've been, you know, leaning into the same people, and we just talk fucking gibberish some of the time. And I know that people get value out of it. But I want you to also know that when I move, I'm going to be nearer an even broader range of lovely comedy friends down in Brighton. So I think we can expect an uptick in uh, in guest turnover, shall we say. So I think you all deserve that. And I'm very, very grateful to everyone who ever listens. But I'm super, super grateful to everyone who follows me on Patreon. And who contributes to helping me make a little bit of money um, during a time when there isn't loads of work about. It's not exactly. I don't make a living off doing this, but I am aiming in the direction of wanting to make a living doing this, and I want to keep trying to give you a consistent and decent product and uh, up the stakes a bit over the next six months with my move. So, the other thing I've got to say is that um to thank the Patreons. I've I've told them in a post, first fifteen people to inbox me with an address can have a sticker. Stupid Hearts Club sticker. That's the kind of shit that goes on behind the behind the Patreon wall. Um I'm actually gonna go this week and get I've got some lovely designs of kind of C D sleeves and I'm gonna get them made into um, a blank sort of greetings card I've got three of them I'm going to get them made so those of you who are asking for a sticker I just say hold your fire bear with me because I'm going to get the cards out cards done and then I'll have something I can send a sticker in a card and the cards are lovely and the as the, they were both designed by a, a wonderful woman who was uh, in my life for quite a while in recent times and um, she's very artistic and very clever and she made some beautiful drawings for Stupid Hearts Club that I would like to share with everyone so, Patreons there's only about four gone at the moment there's still room for those of you who want one to ask for a card and a sticker I'm only going to do 15 for now but I'm gonna see if I can get a print run done, so that there's the option of uh, of doing a bit more with that. But I don't want to overpromise, because then I let you all down. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you all again. Anyone who's listening to this out there in the wild, if you would like to come and find Stupid Hearts Club on Patreon, you can help support my creative endeavors, podcast, music, whatever else by pledging £5 per month. Uh, I'll leave it up to you whether you want to do that, whether you want to do it forever, never, for a month here and there. Everyone helps and it is a beautiful thing and the people in there are lovely and there's a little bit of chat goes on in there under the episode sometimes. So, either way, wherever you are listening to this, there are now 46 episodes. Feel free to to dig back. If you hear a guest you like, you might want to go back and see if I've talked to them before. Miles Chapman's been on lots of times. Matt Morgan's been on quite a few times. Marco Sullivan, two or three times. Alistair Griggs is an interesting one to follow from, from the beginning because it's a strange relationship. He's a very funny man. Um, yeah, there's there's a, a little universe going here and we will keep that going even though I um, plan to embellish that universe with new people. Guys, I actually sat down wondering how I was going to get through an hour, but as usual, I can't shut up, can I? So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you a song that I wrote about... um. When I went on the holiday that I told you about earlier, right, I'm literally going to get my guitar now and see if I can get through this song, which I only, I only wrote it, um, well, I, I wrote a bit of it the other week, the or a few weeks ago, and then I found it on my voice notes. I thought, actually, I quite like that. So I've sorted the lyrics out, and I wrote a middle eight for it today. So I present to you my breakdown in the sun.
1: To look before I leave I never learned to think before I speak And my body went on holiday without me And a voice inside my head began to doubt me I should've known to stop before I booked I should've known my little head was fucked Now my body's lying on an all-inclusive But the thoughts I can't control are all intrusive it's not fun. It was my breakdown in the sun. I was done. My breakdown in the sun. I should have known I'd sink before I swim. I should have packed my tiny violin. My body went on holiday without me And the voices in my head had started shouting And I was undone It was my breakdown in the sun Oh, oh what fun My breakdown in the sun Fucking done My breakdown in the sun Whoa, whoa, what fun My breakdown in the sun Man, it's such a ball. Frozen berries coming up my straw The people sitting around me See I'm crazy I'm slumped on the beach I think I'm going insane It's like the end of whatever happened to Baby Jane I don't want to be here But I sure don't want to go home So maybe I just don't want to be me My breakdown in the sun I was done It's my breakdown in the sun Whoa, whoa, what fun It's my breakdown in the sun Oh, oh, what fun! My great down in the sun.
0: Thanks for listening, darlings. See you next week on Stupid Hearts Club. remember if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club uh your choice see you soon you internet weirdos i'm i'm one